We thank you for visiting Christian Bible Temple and pray the following message speaks to your heart. And let us open our Bibles this morning <clears throat> to the book of Genesis chapter 1 verses 14 through 15. Genesis chapter 1 verses 14 through 15. Then God said, Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. We are here on the uh, fourth, in the fourth day of uh, creation. The first day, God created and gave energy to the whole universe, the infinite sphere of activity and divine purpose. Okay? The second day, God created the primitive, what is called the hydrosphere, and that's a scientific term for the waters, okay? And the atmosphere, that's the realm of air, what we breathe, and for the earthly sphere, which is the earth. The third day, God created the lithosphere, that's the continents, the land, and the biosphere of the plants. You know, the word bio means life, okay? And then the fourth day, God created the astrosphere, which is the stars of the firmament, the celestial sphere of the stars and the planets that surround and illuminate the earthly sphere. So we see God creating different things on different days, and he does it in such a perfect order. Now, God could have created everything at once, but he didn't do that. Because even in that, he has a purpose. The first, God, the, the first day, God said, let there be light. The Hebrew word or, or, that's light. The fourth day, God said, let there be lights. Okay, not just light, but lights. And through, though light, already existed, God created the sun and the stars as bearers of the light. The same God who created light created also the bearers of that light. And the purposes of these lights are, first, one, first of all, to separate day from night. Remember that everything was dark before when first God created everything and then he said let there be light and there was light. Now he creates these bodies to be the bearers of the light okay and to separate day from night. The rotation and duration states of the day and night of the night periods remains the same. Now also not only to separate day from night but to serve as signs. Now, many use this verse to justify their astrology. 
How many of you have read your horoscope this morning? It's ridiculous, right? If you pick up the paper and uh, you pick up the wrong paper, you pick up yesterday's paper and read your horoscope, then you're going to do what it tells you about yesterday and it's today. Crazy. Don't make any business dealings today. It's not a good day for you. And you don't make any business deal, but that was yesterday's paper. People use this verse to justify their astrology and other demonic practices that the pagan world does. And uh, let me tell you that this world is becoming more and more pagan as we go. All right? We're not getting better. We're getting worse. We're not progressive. We are regressive. And I tell you, those who call themselves progressive are the most regressive. Okay? You may advance in technology. You may advance in science. You may advance in armaments. You may advance in economy. But if you do not advance spiritually, you're not advancing. Okay? This world is darker and darker. gets darker every, every day because people have turned their backs on God. And we're not doing anything different than what old Israel did. They had the knowledge of the true God, and what did they do? They turned to what? Astrology. Even today, they're finding in some, we went, I mean, I saw it in one uh, of the uh, archaeological sites in Capernaum, one of the uh, synagogues, they found the floor of the synagogue with the sign of the Zodiac. Okay? Now, you wonder why the Lord brought judgment on his own people. They were, they had turned from God to worship the moon, the stars, the sun, like the Egyptians and the Druids and other supposedly great civilizations which were, which were so dark in their worship, okay? Spiritually dark. Uh, the, to serve as signs doesn't mean that we can use the stars or the sun or the moon or anything else for astrology. The signs spoken of here are to declare the glory of the Creator, okay? For example, in Psalm 8 and in Psalm 19, what does it say? O Lord, how, o Lord, our Lord, how great is your name in all the earth. And the, and the psalm is there, David praises God for his creation. Okay? And he says to him, How excellent is your name in the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Okay? And then it says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? David looks at the heavens and gives glory to God. And he says, your work is so majestic. What are we that you take notice of us compared to what you have created? And then the more famous verse in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows forth his handiwork. And then it goes on in that same psalm to say, day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. 
In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from the end of one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Okay? So we see here that faith, that's one of the signs. We, we see the creation. God is manifested in three, three areas. The first one is the creation. He manifests himself through creation. And the second is your conscience. And the third place where God manifests himself is through scripture. Okay? And if God had not done that, there would be no way for us to know him. He takes the initiative to come looking for us. Okay? Because the Bible says there is none that seeks after God. Even we believers many times are so laid back in our walk with God. We're not eager. We're not urgent in our walk with him. If we come to church, we come. And if we don't come, that's okay. And I'm not talking about anyone in particular. You examine your own life. Amen? God gave you a conscience. His word speaks. The message is not for somebody else. The message is for me. How much do you love the Lord? My goodness, I think that, you know what? Now that I open my big mouth, I'm going to tell you. We should be here at 8 o'clock in the morning. Praying and fellowshipping. Preparing our hearts for the service. We come not only at the right time, but we come late. I wonder if you had an appointment with the President of the United States, would you be late? Now, maybe with the President we have nowadays, I probably would be, but you know. But regardless of what he is, I think he needs to be respected for who he is. He's the President. God will deal with him. Point here is if you have an appointment with, let's say, anybody. How bad is it to be late? I used to wait for people. They would make an appointment with me to see them at the office when I used to work in the office here. And sometimes people would be one hour late, two hours late. And poor, little, old, naive me, I would be there waiting. And then I wised up. And I said, if you're not on time, you'll come late, don't expect to see me. My time is just as valuable as yours. That's a lack of respect. Okay? And on more than one occasion, I left my office and I went to do what I had to do. The person came late. I was not there. They said, well, you were not there. I said, the appointment was for such and such a time. It was not for whenever you felt like. If you're late or you cannot make it, call up and say, I can't do it. But with God, we should be early. We should be here on time. 
we come to church late, and then as soon as the service is over, some sheep, boy, they bolt out the door. Cannot even smell them. We need to be more diligent in our walk with God. He was diligent to come down here to die on the cross for us, to save us. Amen? And when did he go to Jerusalem? When did he go to the cross? He went to the cross right on time. He didn't go early. He didn't go late. He went right on time. And how does he answer our prayer? Right on time. And when is he coming back? Right on time. And he's coming back. Today is one day closer than yesterday. Okay? My grandfather used to tell people, where, what would you tell him if he came back today and he found you where you went? That's something, that's food for thought. Okay, so the sign, one of the first signs is faith. How great is your faith? And of course, I'm not talking in the case if you're sick, right? It's understood. If you're sick, you stay in bed. Don't come to church and, and uh, give it to other people. Talking about normal circumstances. Oh, it's cold outside. So, bundle up. Oh, it's raining. Bring your umbrella. Put on my umbrellas in church. Oh, it's snowing. Put on your boots. It's amazing how people skip church because of bad weather, but they go to work the next day for the mighty dollar. Huh? We have a bunch of idolaters. We need to uh, sometimes, once in a while, have our ears pulled and be shaken up a little bit because sometimes we just fall into some kind of a stupor and we don't realize what we do. We get used to things. We get used to the darkness. Huh? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And faith without works is dead. So if you say you have faith in the Lord, demonstrate it through your works. Because that's for other people, not for God. God sees your heart. Another thing is times. Okay, bearings, weather. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke about that when he uh, was here on the earth. He was talking and he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who always sought for a sign. And he said to them, <clears throat> When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And that's what he was talking about. That's what signs means. Many times we can discern things that happen in everyday life, but we are unable to discern what's going on in the spiritual world, realizing that the times we live in is just prior to his second coming. And how diligent are we with God? If he came today, how would he find us? How is our spiritual state? That's something that we always need to think and, and remember. So faith times, also another sign is prophecy. Prophecy. 
In Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, it talks about the Magi that came to Bethlehem, and it says, Where is he? I rather they came to Jerusalem first. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. These were not astrologers, they were astronomers. It's not the same thing. One thing is to study the stars, and another thing is to worship the stars. Okay? And also the Lord himself in the book of Luke, he said, talking about the end times, he said, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from the fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And that's prophecy. That's the sign of prophecy. The Lord says the whole universe is going to be shaken up just before my return. And that could happen any day. Any day. Okay? And then divine judgment. Divine judgment. That's another, another sign. And the Lord spoke that through the prophet Joel. In Joel chapter uh, 2. That's a, a very small book. Only three chapters. In chapter 2. It says in verse 30. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is not the rapture. The day of the Lord is when he comes to the earth with his saints to judge the unbelievers. Okay? There is a difference between uh, the day of Christ and the day of the Lord. Okay, one is talking about the rapture, the other one is talking about judgment. So here we see that all these signs, they also serve for the undertaking of long trips, but not for astrology. How did, these, how did sailors and mariners in the olden times, before they had all the instruments and technology they have today, how did they guide a, a ship, a craft? They did it with the stars. Okay, the stars guided them okay, to distinguish seasons from, um, from, uh, from, from one another to establish, that is, established time, the established time, the luminaries are, in, and are indicators of times for agricultural seasons. Don't forget that Israel was mainly an agricultural society. When the Lord Jesus Christ came to the earth, you see that when he speaks in his sermons, in his teachings, he uses a lot of examples from nature. Why? Because he spoke in a way that people could understand. Came down to their level. And they could relate something to what he was saying. They could understand the meaning of what he was saying. You remember the parable of the wheat and the tares? Yes? No? Are you here? 
the wheat and the tares. For he said in the end times, the angels will, will come. Oh, let me go back a bit. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who went out and he sowed wheat. And while he was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed tares. And the tares began to grow with the wheat. And his servants came and they said, should we pluck up the tares? And he said, no, don't. Lest trying to do that, you destroy also the wheat. Let them alone. Let them grow together. At the end of the age, the angels will come and will harvest the wheat and the tares. And they will separate the wheat from the tares. The wheat into the barn. The tares shall be burned. And we all heard that parable, right? Right? The wheat represents the believers. The tares represent the unbelievers. Now, the wonderful thing is that I never saw how descriptive that was and how colorful his illustration until I went to Israel in the year 2007. In one of the trips we made there, we had a guide by the name of Zvi. He was also from Argentina. And he lived only less than 10 blocks from where I lived in Buenos Aires. And we never met. And I left to come to the United States at the end of August of 1967. And he left Buenos Aires to go to Israel in the mid of September of 1967. And where did we meet? In Ailat, in the south of Israel by the Egyptian border. And one day we're traveling through, through Cana of Galilee, the upper Galilee. Remember Cana? Where we have all the weddings. All right? And he made the, uh, the bus, the driver, told the driver to stop. And we were coming by a, 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 a field of wheat. So he got off the bus and he went and he plucked up something and came back into the bus. And he stood there and he said, what is this? He and everybody said, it's an ear of wheat. He said, no, it's not wheat. It's a tear. But it looks just like a wheat. Yes, it does. But it is not wheat. It's a tear. It had the same interlocking kind of needed things like the you know wheat does and he said I'm going to prove to you it's a tear so he went like this and dissolved it crumbled it up and there was nothing inside so you know how you detect the, the, the wheat from the tears you cannot at first they grow together and they look the same and mind you the tears are poisonous. You can't put them in your mouth. Whereas the wheat, the grain, is food. You, they wait until they both grow up and wheat, because of the weight of the grain, bows like this. The tares remain, remain erect. They don't bow. Humility and pride. Not only are the tears proud, they are empty, 
hollow, and they are poisonous. Whereas wheat bows in humility, filled with food, and it provides nourishment. What are you? Is your life characterized by fruit? Or like so many who go to church this morning, they just talk. And even in some of our evangelical churches, and a lot of churches, people just talk. And somebody said, let, let your walk match your talk. That's why the Lord said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. The Lord said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And do me a favor, everybody here in this church, stop playing church. Get serious. Because God's business is a serious business. And you're not going to give me an account. You're going to give him an account of your life. So make sure that the account that you have to give him on the day of judgment, it's as short as possible. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm 73 years old, and guess what I'm doing? I'm learning. I'm learning. Because we know everything up here, don't we? But we need to know it here. Let's go on. Not only seasons for agricultural purposes, but seasons for seafaring men and for the beasts and birds, as long as they are fixed times coming regularly, those are for signs for people and animals to know what to do, and also for days and years, for change, for return, repeat. It tells us. Verse 15 tells us that the luminaries placed on the expansion of the heavens are for the illumination of the earth from now on. And what does it say after that at the end of verse 15? And it was so. Just as God said, so it was. So now we come to verse 16 through 19. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 16 is a recap or a recapitulation of the two previous verses with only the only difference that the first two have to do with the purpose of serving as signs and seasons and for days and years. And in verse 16, has to do most has to do mostly with the function of controlling day and night and to give light. Both purposes supplement one another, being in perfect harmony. 116 is narrated in relation to the earth because we know 
of stars which are bigger than the sun and nevertheless here they are not given the same importance isn't that interesting he says the greater light to rule by day and the lesser light to rule by night and he created the stars also now we know that there are stars that are way bigger than the sun but everything is given and related to us from the earth's point of view this is what it's called in theology the anthropomorphic in the manner of man in a language of man so man can understand what God is doing when he sees it or what he has done so when we look at the sun we know it's a lot bigger than the moon right though it's so much further away we know it's bigger than the moon and the sun is the bearer of light the moon is the receiver of light okay so he gives us that from an earthly standpoint to understand um, and it says here the phrase and also the stars lets us know God created them and how important they are making making it clear that they should not be given the importance astrologers give them what is God how many stars are there in heaven I don't know the number uh, nobody does gazillions but look what God does made the sun made the moon and the stars that's how much importance he gives them and here you have all these idiotic astrologers worshipping the host of heaven God which is something God to completely forbade in the Old Testament for anyone to do and even now okay so um, it makes it clear that they should not be given the importance astro astrologers give them the worship of stars is condemned by the Bible now verse 17 repeats what the last part of verse 15 declares so as not to leave any doubt about the purpose of the creation of these luminaries to give light on the earth okay we know the Sun gives us light even when we don't see it in cloudy New York the Sun comes up every morning and the moon gives light at night when it isn't cloudy okay to give light on the earth God set them and he gave that is appointed or gave them and then in verse 18 repeats what was said in verse 14 to divide and rule that is control over day and night this word too is excellent the word the Hebrew word tov remember the word tov good it is good, okay? Meeting, meriting, I should say, divine approval. The computation of the day to measure the light years is very presumptuous and many times incorrect. He said, they say that light, you know, they travel at the speed of light. You cannot compute precisely the speed of light, according to uh, Dr. Henry Morris, who was a Christian and a scientist. man is very presumptuous things that he can decipher and explain everything away you can't okay and uh, the duration of the days of creation is what verse 19 
It says the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And we already talked about that last week. That these days are days of 24 hours. They're not eons. They're not ages. They're not millions of years old. They're 24-hour days. God doesn't need millions of years to create something. He could have created everything at once if he wanted to. But he chose to do it in a certain order to establish a pattern for us to follow. Six days of labor, one of rest. Nowadays, even man has done away even with that. Now we're here 24-7. That's how you're going to burn out too, 24-7. Learn to rest. Everybody needs rhythm. Everybody needs work and rest. Work and rest. And I learned that in my own life. When I have to study, it's not easy. The most difficult thing to do is prayer and study. And if you don't believe me, try it sometime. And you know what I learned to do? Something, some, something someone told me many years ago. Live your life in small packages. Because I'm the kind of person that when I start something, I don't stop until I finish it. And then I end up finished. So if I have to study the first chapter of Genesis, I have to go until I finish it. I learned the lesson a long time ago, and I'm applying it now. And I'm reviewing two verses of Genesis three times a week. Yesterday I sat there and I did verses 26 and 27, reviewing and editing my notes, and I said, that's it, that's enough. And that way, oh, somebody said, life by the yard is hard, but life by the inch is a sweet. And I'm applying that in my life. I'm learning, boy, I'm learning a lot of things in my old age. You know, and, and it's never too late to learn. Never too late to learn. Because you know what I do if I do that? If I don't do that, I burn myself out. And then what good am I? What good am I? To you or anybody else? To me or anybody else? So I learned to do things because God established a rhythm. Okay? He established rhythm. uh, Created everything in six days. And on the seventh, he rested. And that's why he sanctified the Sabbath day, he says made it holy. That's what it means to to make it holy, to sanctify it. What does it mean? It means that he set it apart. For us to come apart before we come apart. And you know how I know that? Because some people come to church and they sleep. Why? Because they have no rhythm in their life. Or perhaps this Sunday, they did not sleep well last night. It can happen. It happens to me. And I don't fall asleep because I'm preaching. That would have been really a real lulu if I fell asleep while I'm preaching. One time I fell asleep while we were praying. I even was praying too long, and I got bored, and I fell asleep. <laughs> and everybody was going, Pastor, Pastor. It's like, oh, God my turn to pray, okay? Very embarrassing. But that was the only time that I can remember that it happened. 
But the thing is, uh, we all can have a day like that. But you know what? Learn to have rhythm in your life. That's part of discipline, your daily disciplines, okay? Get up in the morning, do what you do. You do. The, read the Bible, have your prayers before you get started in the day because chances are if you don't, you're not going to have time later on because life creeps in and life happens. So we need to put the Lord first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things shall be added unto you. Okay, so we see here the fourth day. And uh, we're going to continue next week. I don't want to overwhelm you. I was going to teach you the fifth day too, but we'll do it next week. Unless the Lord comes back, then we'll learn it in heaven. Are you learning something from all this? The ignorance of God's word creates a lot of problems in man's life. So make sure that you familiarize yourself with the word of God on a daily basis. There's no such thing as reading the Bible too much. Of course, don't neglect your responsibilities. But it's understood. Okay? I don't think anybody has their day is in a danger to read the Bible too much. We could we, we, we could all use a little bit more. Amen? Yeah. The entrance of thy words gives light. So let's ask the Lord to lighten our hearts and lighten our hearts and our minds as we uh, take time to study his word. We thank you for listening to this message and pray that the Word of God spoke to your heart. To listen to previous sermons, please visit us at www.cbttbc.com or anchor.fm forward slash cbt hyphen sermons.